Hi, and welcome to Rec- <laughs> welcome to Rec Your Perfection. I'm Rochelle Lene, uh, and I'm very excited to have you guys here today. Um, I am going to be doing a solo episode today on how perfectionism is holding you back. And I want to start by talking to you today about how to know if you're a perfectionist. Uh, because perfectionism looks different on everyone. Really, we think that perfectionism is about, you know, having everything in our life perfect, Um, but it doesn't mean that you have a perfectly clean, decorated space and flawless appearance and perfect everything you do from work to relationships. Um, That's simply not what, I mean, it could be what your life looks like as a perfectionist, Um, but really... What perfectionism comes from is a sense that at your core, you feel like you're not good enough or nothing you ever do is good enough, nothing you've done in your life feels like it's good enough. Basically, you operate from a place of shame and feeling less than. Um, And this is actually one reason I love Brene Brown's books and research so much because she's a shame researcher. So her work is extremely applicable for perfectionists. And one of her first books, The Gifts of Imperfection, was really pivotal for me in coming to terms with my perfectionism and recognizing how it was keeping me from not only things I want to do in life, but also not wanting to be vulnerable and therefore transparent about my imperfections. And it was keeping me from true connection, which is really lonely. Being a perfectionist can feel really isolating because shame is isolating when we keep that shame hidden in silence. This is all to say, if you do experience perfectionism, you experience shame. And you should definitely go read some Brene Brown if you haven't already. I will post a link in the show notes. But I would start with her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. So certainly shame and the sense that we're not good enough is pretty universal. I think that everyone experiences it sometimes. So to me, you have to go one step further to identify whether or not you're a perfectionist. And I think the best way to do that is to see if you're keeping your world small. If you're living in this confined space and feel fear around stepping out of it because you're afraid that you can't actually handle the unknown, you are most likely a perfectionist. You stick with what's comfortable, you do activities you already know how to do, you stay small in your job and only reach for opportunities you know you could get and be successful in. Um, And again, this could be in any area of your life. It's not necessarily in every area of your life, but generally you play it safe and that gives you the ability to put on a strong front. And this is really why I think it's called perfectionism because it's not about having our lives be perfect, but it's about showing that strong front and only letting people see what we want them to see, having to appear a certain way which often doesn't involve showing our imperfections and our weak spots. For instance, I love to interview other people and ask them about themselves, even deep, probing questions. But when they turn around and want to ask me those same deeply personal questions, I can have a really hard time getting vulnerable and really revealing my inner self. And for perfectionists, we don't want other people to see our imperfections. And we really believe that deep down, we are flawed. Like there is something wrong with us. That's actually something I've been saying to myself a lot lately, just looking in the mirror um, and repeating, there is nothing wrong with me. There is nothing wrong with me. Say it with me right now. There is nothing wrong with me.
So really, there are two sides of perfectionism in which we limit ourselves. And you may be on one or both of these sides. One is on the relationship side where you struggle to have intimacy because you can't have intimacy without vulnerability and you can't have vulnerability without exposing yourself on the deepest level. If you do believe that you are inherently flawed, then you're not going to want anyone to see that. You're not going to want anyone to see you. And the other side of perfectionism is more on the personal level of what we are doing or achieving or trying for. So I think of this side more as everything else that isn't relationships, hobbies, activities, career and business, sports, arts, anything that you do. This is the other way that perfectionists limit ourselves out of fear of failure, fear of showing up and doing it wrong because we're in uncharted territory. So today I'm going to talk more about this second side, the doing of the things, <laughs> but I encourage you to reflect on your relationships as well, um, and maybe I'll do an episode on that in the future, but um, obviously, you know, connection is important, and we literally need it to survive, and we need it to be happy, so um, going into the arena of doing things, <laughs> my experience when I discovered my perfectionism in college was that I was keeping my world really small and safe, as perfectionists do. I wanted to make sure I could achieve anything I set out to do, and if success didn't seem absolutely certain, I wouldn't risk doing the thing. This kept me from doing so many things that would expand my world and my comfort zone. If you're staying in your comfort zone, not doing anything new that you could possibly fail at, you are absolutely not alone. This is just what being a perfectionist is, and it's the biggest reason that I set out to do this podcast and become a coach, because I know how it feels to be living in such a small container, in fear of ever stepping outside of that. And I know that there is so, so much waiting for you outside of your safety zone that you've created for yourself. Things might even be coming up right now, things that you've been wanting to try, opportunities you've wanted to reach for, callings that have been calling you and you just continually bury these dreams. And sometimes your dreams are buried so deep that you don't even recognize them as your dreams because you've already discounted in advance your ability to do them and told yourself they're impossible, they're too risky, not worth the effort, and so you shove them deep, deep down, and over time make an agreement with yourself to forget they even exist. What happens when we bury our dreams is that we choose comfort over joy. We choose safety over purpose and fulfillment. So every perfectionist has a choice to make. Would I rather be safe and comfortable and small? Or would I rather be expansive and joyful and write my own story? So if you want to stay safe and small and probably isolated due to a deep sense of shame, then that's okay. You might not be ready. But the truth is, we all want to be safe. It's a biological drive, and it's not like you immediately jump from one camp to the other. You don't just go from living incredibly small to living this ginormous, adventurous life where you're putting yourself out there in a thousand different ways, unless you're some kind of anomaly, I don't know. But what I've experienced is that, first of all, we all want joy in our lives and purpose, and we can take small steps towards that. By stepping out in fear and doing small things that scare us, but that bring us joy. It could be signing up for music lessons or starting a bullet journal or taking an art class, any number of things. But you don't have to start big. And I don't even recommend it. 
because you don't want to take a deep dive into vulnerability and not be able to come up for air. You have to learn how to swim first. So first you get used to the water, wading in where you can still touch the bottom. And I think that's enough of that analogy, but you get what I mean. So the opposite of keeping our world small is opening it up, letting it be ever expanding, like the state of the universe. I hope some of my astronomy lovers are out there. (laughs) This involves expanding our world, which is really our comfort zone, one step at a time. Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway is a great book for this. I did a summation of it in the first season, but you can go listen to it if you don't want to read the whole book. But she talks about how we can slowly begin to take small steps outside of our comfort zone. And what begins to happen is that our comfort zone expands. Now these steps can be really terrifying, but they are always worth it. And again, I say small steps because you don't need to leap out there in every direction. No diving into the deep until you learn how to swim. I'm just going to keep coming back to that reference. (laughs) But sometimes taking one small step will feel like a deep dive. I remember when I was first beginning to perform my solo music as a singer-songwriter, and I was feeling really down that I didn't have any gigs. And right around this time, I started working with a life coach who I was talking to about this goal that I had that I felt really bummed about because it felt impossible to reach. I was like, yeah, I really want to play out, but I don't have any gigs and I don't know how to get any. And he was like, well, have you reached out to anyone? Have you actually tried to get a gig? And I realized that I had not sent a single email to a venue to try and physically get a gig on the books. And so I crafted my first email to a booking person at a venue and told them I was looking for a spot and I got a booking just like that. Now, I was terrified to send that email because at the time, it felt like a really big deal. And the worst that could have happened is that they said no, or they didn't respond. And the best that could have happened was that they said yes and offered me a show, which in the end is what happened. But it's interesting how taking that one small step felt really scary and also had a giant doorway into opportunity attached to it. It's actually crazy to look back and think, like, if I hadn't done that, you know, it's so much of my career would just never have happened, but that's another story. <laughs> but is it another story? Oh, man. Now, one thing that can get in the way of, of taking these small steps is not knowing which direction to go. You might already know where you want to go, but if not, and you just have this sense that you're living small and you feel like something else is out there, but you don't know what and maybe you feel kind of dead inside, maybe purposeless, joyless. Like I was saying earlier, you probably have some dreams that you have buried so deep that your conscious mind has literally forgotten about. And don't worry, they are not lost forever. There are so many ways that you can get back in touch with them and bring them back into your conscious mind. One of my favorite ways is something Julia Cameron recommends in her book, The Artist's Way, and it's called Morning Pages. Every morning, you free write for 30 minutes, and you just let come up whatever comes up onto the page. It's a lot like journaling, but it can also be a bit of a brain dump, which for me helps ease some of the anxiety that I often have going into the day. And the best thing about writing is that it brings up a lot um, of what's in your subconscious. And it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. Not everyone wants to spend that much time. It could be just 10 or 15 minutes. But honestly, if you try the full 30 minutes, you'll find that the bulk of the good stuff is in the last half or third of what you write. Instead of 30 minutes, by the way, you can also do three full notebook pages. Um, But you'll find that over time, 
some really interesting things come up in your morning pages, things that will surprise you that you've never really thought about before, but that spark a curiosity, questions you like to answer, and forgotten dreams. For me, years ago, I started writing about in my morning pages how much I missed dancing and skating, which were both things I loved as a kid. And when it came out in my morning pages, just out of the blue, it wouldn't go away day after day. It was like this persistent thing that was poking at me and it became more and more clear that um, I had this deep desire to do these things again. And I, I started signing up for dance classes and skating classes and it opened this huge window of, of light inside of me and gave me so much joy that I didn't even know I was missing. So morning pages, just free write for 30 minutes, that can be a great way to discover what is buried and bring it to the surface. You can also make a list of two different things. One list of everything you enjoy doing as a child, and then a second list of everything you'd like to try, perhaps if money and time were no object. And make yourself write at least 20 things on each of these lists. You can even pause this episode and do it right now. Okay, <laughs> so we're back. If you've made your lists, or if you already knew what direction you wanted to go, pick one thing that would bring you joy. Even if it seems really silly, especially if it seems really silly, make a plan to do it or to get one step closer to doing it. Here's the thing. Your brain is going to try and talk you out of it. You have to be smarter than your brain. I know it seems counterintuitive because you're using your brain against your own brain, but you have to outsmart that primal part of your brain that wants to protect you and keep you safe and comfortable and small. We evolved to want to maintain a world where we know exactly what to expect, have very little surprise, and we don't have to walk into uncharted territory, right? Because that's where the scary stuff is, the lions that will eat us, so to speak. So when your brain starts to spout off things like, you don't have the time for that, that's a waste of time, you're going to look stupid, why would you spend money on something so impractical? These are just a few of the things that might come up. But just listen to anything that comes up that's an effort for your primal brain to get you to not do the thing. That's fine, it will happen. Once you've heard out all your excuses, you can just go ahead and do it anyways. Maybe it's just signing up for one dance class and it costs 15 or 20 bucks and your brain is making up so much drama around this. But think about the last time you spent 15 or 20 bucks on something you didn't really need. Investing in yourself is always going to be worth it. And I'm not saying like this is necessarily, it's gonna cost money to do what you wanna do, but sometimes it does. And I really believe that investing yourself is always worth it. Investing in yourself is always worth it because joy is always worth it. Expanding yourself is going to bring you something. And remember that as you take one step outside of your comfort zone, you are expanding your world. You are making it bigger. You're wrecking your perfection. And doing this in small ways, seemingly silly ways, is going to allow you to do it in bigger ways. Running a marathon when I told myself that I couldn't run, I wasn't a runner, my asthma would limit me, that gave me confidence to sign up for a sync licensing course. And that gave me the ability to make money from my music and teach others about it as well. So even if something seems arbitrary, there's a reason you want to do it. You have something to learn from it, and maybe you have something to teach others. And when you learn that you can do one hard thing, you learn that you can do another hard thing, and then another. 
and you will find that the world is your comfort zone. Now, this is purely theoretical because I have to say I have not gotten there yet, and I've been wrecking my perfection for at least five years in different ways. But you know what? Since the universe is ever-expanding, then your comfort zone is too. There's no arrival point, and I think there will always be something that's at least a little bit scary to do. And I really think that makes life a lot more fun to live. <laughs> the thing that this really comes down to is courage. It is so brave to wreck your perfection. And I've always thought of the words brave and courageous as interchangeable. But Brene Brown uses the word courage instead of brave because courage is derived from the Latin word core, which means heart. And I think there are all kinds of brave ways in which we can step out and do things that scare us, like jumping out of an airplane and shaving your head. But courage is more powerful. Courage is doing the things that are close to your heart, that you feel you're risking more by doing, really putting yourself out on the line, exposed, in a vulnerable way. To have courage, you have to be able to let go of the image of yourself. Perfectionists, we want to maintain this image of ourselves, whatever that means for you. We want to control how we're perceived, and so we don't shatter that perfect image. To me, this comes down to the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. Our image is the same as our story, and we believe certain things to be true about ourselves, and about others, and about the world. Anytime you're stuck in a story about yourself, you're stuck in a fixed mindset. Listen for any time you ascribe a quality to yourself or someone else. I'm just a bad singer. They're just a messy person. I'm bad with kids. These are stories that you're believing, but they are not true. And the only way to really start to wreck your perfection is to stop believing your stories and to cultivate a growth mindset. I'm not a bad singer, I just haven't learned how to sing yet. But that is a skill I can learn, like any other skill. They're not a messy person, they make messes sometimes and it frustrates me, but it's something they can learn to change. I'm not bad with kids, I just haven't spent much time with kids, and I haven't worked on connecting with them. Everything about you, and others, and the world, I truly believe is fluid. We'll often think that we're fluid and changeable, but others aren't. But you'll also notice you say things about yourself, stories you're telling that keep you confined. And you always have the ability to rewrite your stories. To embrace the writing of your story is to embrace actually living your life. Not due to circumstances, not due to what anyone else is telling you you're capable of, but what you actually decide for yourself. This is huge. If you want to learn more about growth mindset versus fixed mindset, the book Mindset by Carol Dweck is really great. Or you can also watch her TED Talk, which sums up the idea. But we need a growth mindset in order to step outside of our comfort zones. We need to believe that we have what it takes to learn and grow and take on new challenges and expand ourselves in unprecedented ways. And it's not like you just flip a switch from fixed mindset to growth mindset in every area of your life, but it's a continual practice. Anytime you find yourself in a fixed mindset thinking, I'm just not cut out for this or whatever, you can choose to switch into a growth mindset and remind yourself that you can learn anything. You're adaptable and you can handle whatever comes your way. And this is where you'll begin to cultivate more confidence in your life. Confidence is just the ability to recognize that you can handle whatever comes your way. 
And as you continue to take these small steps outside of your comfort zone, you'll find that to be true. You'll find out how resilient you are. You'll find out that you can bounce back from failure. You'll find out that you're strong and smart and capable. It's really, it's a good feeling, you guys. <laughs> but it's definitely a practice. And I know I still work with it in every area of my life. Recently, skating has gotten really hard. And at first, when I signed up with my new coach in August, I was, and you know, I've, I've re-signed up and quit over the last few years, depending on where I've lived and what I could afford. But I got a new coach when I settled into my new place in Washington. And um, at first, it felt like I was learning so much and every new skill I tried, I was pretty much nailing. And then I kind of hit a wall and had a couple really tough lessons and realized just how much work I actually had ahead of me. And I really, really had to fight the urge to quit. And I could probably create a whole other episode around this, but when we venture out and do the thing and feel the joy, there's all this initial excitement. And maybe that's partly because I'm a Gemini. I just love trying new things. But as a perfectionist, it's like, I want everything to be easy for me. And when it's not, I want to give up. And I know that you're going to run into this as you courageously step out and do things that scare you, but that grow you in new ways. Some things will come easy and other things won't. As you can remember with just about everything in life, right? You have your ups and downs. And when things get challenging, you have to switch from fixed mindset. I'm just not cut out for this into growth mindset. I can learn this. I can learn anything. Or one of my favorites recently, I can do hard things is a good one. I can do hard things. <laughs> Remind yourself of this. But wrecking your perfection is kind of this continual process of stepping out, hitting a wall, stepping out some more, hitting some more walls. <laughs> but if you stay with the process of expansion, of growth, of stepping out and wrecking your perfection, I really believe you're going to find more joy, more purpose, more fulfillment, more connection. I really believe there is so much more out there waiting for you. And this isn't to try to make you unsatisfied with your life. You know, capitalism wants us all to be unsatisfied with ourselves and our lives so that we can, we think we can just buy our way into happiness. But this is different. This is knowing that if you're a perfectionist, you've been living with shame and no human deserves to feel that they're not enough. And maybe your specific work is just to realize that you already are enough and everything in your life is enough too. And maybe just to become satisfied with it and find the joy and meaning in it every day. And that is beautiful and I'm totally here for it 100%. But maybe there's something else that's gnawing at you, calling you forth into the unknown. And you'll know if that's you. But you don't want to know because it's scary. And our brain doesn't want us to be scared. It wants us, it wants us to be comfortable and safe. <laughs> so I hope I've given you some things to think about today. I hope you got something out of this episode. If you did, I'd love it if you'd share it with a friend and leave a review. Also, if you're sitting there thinking, damn, I really want to learn how to wreck my perfection, but I don't even know where to start. And I have some serious doubts as to whether I can really do this stuff that's coming up for me. If you want some su support in this process of wrecking your perfection, I would love to work with you as your coach. You can absolutely reach out to me at Rochelle at wreckyourperfection.com or head over to wreckyourperfection.com and sign up for a free consult call. Either way, I would love to hear from you. I want to hear what you're struggling with, what your wins are, how you've been wrecking your perfection. 
and I want to put out content that serves you and supports you in what you're needing right now. So reach out to me via email or you can DM me on Instagram at rochelle.lene. Thank you so, so much for listening. It really means a lot to me that you're taking time, precious time out of your day. Um, I love you. I'm here for you. And I hope you have an awesome weekend. Until next week, be well, fail big, and go wreck your perfection. <laughs>